From the Beantown Athletic Studio in Boston, this is the Danny Picard Show, Monday, November 7, 2016. Today's show presented by Beantown Athletics, your number one source for screen printing and embroidery. From designing to printing, Beantown Athletics does it all. Go to beantownathletics.com right now and get a free quote for your customized apparel and bring your skates into Beantown Athletics on Granite Ave in Dorchester, the best skate shopping in all of New England. Hockey season is here. However, I right now am more focused on the National Football League Week number nine, it is almost over. As I record this, we still have the Monday night game to be played, but really the game of the week was last night, Sunday night football, as the Oakland Raiders, they beat the Denver Broncos last night, and now the Oakland Raiders with a 30-20 to win last night. Uh, the Raiders in first place, sole possession of first place in the AFC West with a 7-2 and record. And uh, I'll go over everything here from Week 9 in the NFL. Here locally, the Patriots had the bye week, uh, no game. They were still in the news. I was on the radio over the weekend, and the hot topic, it was not the Celtics, it was not the Bruins, it was not the Red Sox offseason. It was the Jamie Collins trade. Uh, I gave you my reaction to that on Saturday on WEEI. I also gave you my reaction to that a little bit more in-depth. Uh, and with some words I can't use on FM radio last Friday on this very podcast. But it is a new week. Uh, it is Monday. We are we are here in the Beantown Athletic Studio. And, and joining me in studio today is the one and only Brandon Wahlberg, uh, who will be joining me throughout the NBA season to do some Celtics stuff. But uh, we're, we're going to go outside of the, the NBA world a little bit with you as well, Brandon. Yeah, thanks for yeah. joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me, Danny. Um, and Pete, welcome to the show. I always forget to introduce Pete. Yeah, oh, I'm here. I'm yeah, here. Pete's, Pete's still here. I'm Snapchatting. Uh, yeah. Hi, Pete. Snapchatting Snapchat away. Pete's away. still wearing his foldies, by the yeah. way. I love him. He's a company man. And, and Pete, you've gone on and you do your holiday shopping and you buy foldies sunglasses yeah, foldies for the family? for everybody. You, that's <laughs> what you have to do. Get foldies, yeah. Why not? Just then, no, everybody. It's a great gift. It is. Foldy sunglasses Not are a great, great, and so great that you can get 25% off by using my promo code Danny. That's D-A-N-N-Y. Now, if you don't know what, fo- wait, well, first I should ask wow. you this. Have you guys started your holiday shopping yet? I have not, and I'm you glad haven't. I haven't now that I'm. Pete, have you? Now now usually no, but I get the that... number one gift right here. <laughs> yeah, now that I know <laughs> I can go. get 25% You can't off. re-gift, though. Yeah. You can't yeah. re-gift. You no. actually have to go buy new ones for family and friends. Promo code, kid. Fold these sunglasses. Stylish sunglasses that you can fold up and store in your pocket so you can be ready to wear them in any situation. Check out their great selection of colors right now at foldies.com. As I mentioned, use the promo code Danny, D-A-N-N-Y, to get 25% off right now. And with free shipping on all U.S. orders and a two-year warranty on every single order, fold these sunglasses should be on the top of your wish list during this holiday season. Again, the promo code is Danny. D-A-N-N-Y to get 25% off right now. Foldies.com. That's F-O-L-D-I-E-S. Would you wear those, Brennan? They're, they're a nice shade. There's a Do bunch I look good? of different colors, too. Do I they, look good? Yeah, oh, of course. Thank you. Yeah, you look great. You should be going on right now. and well, On your phone, during I, the show. I, but I need to focus. Order. Trust me. I'm, I'm, you need to focus? It's bookmarked. What were you focused it's on this weekend? For what were you focused on this weekend? Was it Celtics? Did you watch the Celtics lose to the Nuggets last night at the Garden, or did you I watch did. the Oakland-Denver game? 
I caught the end of the Oakland game, but I was at the game. I was at the Celtics. Oh, you were at the Celtics. Oh, you have season tickets. That's right. I do, yeah. Huh. Mm, yes. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the seats? Couple rows behind the uh, balcony. No, couple rows behind the basket. Couple rows behind what? I mean, Celtics bench side. Yeah. Yeah. How many rows are we talking? What's a couple to you? Eight. Oh, eight. Yeah, eight. Eight to a couple to you is eight. Hey, a couple to me is like two. well, two. Yeah, well, well, maybe two, two rows behind the bench. No, I'm kidding. You're I getting can't. technical. You're fact checking my shit. Here. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. Um, well, while you were at the Celtics game, we'll get to the Celtics. We'll get to some NBA. I know you're my NBA insider, but really, Mondays it's for NFL. I'll open the show with NFL. I also have to mention this. I, I will play a conversation, and people who follow me on social media know that this was going to happen. Bronson Arroyo joined me on today's show. He, I talked to him this morning. Over the phone, we had a nice little conversation, caught up with Bronson Royal. He's joined me several times on this show. He's working a bit to get back and healthy to pitch next year. Uh, we talked about nice. that. He played with David Ortiz. David Ortiz retiring. I, you know, I, I talked to him about Big Poppy. Uh, and, you know, he has a history with Theo Epstein, Terry Francona. We talked a little World Series. So, um, yeah, Bronson Royal joined me this morning over the phone. I'll play that conversation for you. Uh, in just a bit, but I want to open up with some NFL and and just sort of react to what we did on Friday. Every Friday, I give my picks, five games with the spread. And it's, you know, picks, picks is now just becoming a laughable segment where I get nothing right. Um, I went good, one, though. We'll go off. No, that. it's not good. I went one and four. One and four because I got absolutely fucked by the Rams. The Rams score a touchdown with like 30 seconds left. Just a garbage time touchdown. They knew. They and, knew you picked against them. And, well, you know, when I'm picking on Friday, too, like, the spreads change on Saturday, Sunday, and usually not to my benefit. Like, like if I had waited till the last minute to pick this game, which I would have, and not did it on Friday for the Picks Picks segment, I would have actually pushed, I think, because I took Carolina as a three-and-a-half-point favorite in L.A. I think when the game started, it was only three. It went down to three. So I would have pushed. Instead, I lose because the Rams scored this late touchdown. Carolina wins the game, uh, but it was only 13 to 10. So I lose that one. Carolina was a three and a half point road favorite when I picked them. So I lose that game. I lose Pittsburgh minus two in Baltimore because I don't know what the heck happened to the Steelers and really through most of this game. They scored some points late, but it was just too little, too late. Ben Roethlisberger did play, but, uh, you know, Pittsburgh got beat by the Ravens, and, and that's just another example of what this league is. I mean, anytime you think that something is the obvious play or this is the short thing, that team that you think is going to be a contender, all of a sudden they lose. And now, what, are we believing that Baltimore is supposed to be this, you know, big player in the AFC? I'm not going to look at them like that, but Baltimore is 4-4. Four four. Pittsburgh is now 4-4, four four, so they're tied for first place in the AFC North. And Cincinnati, who's looked terrible this season, they're right behind them at 3-4. and four. Uh, And really, a couple weeks ago, it looked like Pittsburgh was going to be one of these teams that contended with the Patriots for the top spot in the AFC. That doesn't seem yeah. uh, to be the case any longer. So I lose that game. I took Pittsburgh. I lose Carolina. Speaking of asking the question, what the fuck happened in that game? What the fuck happened at Lambeau? The Green Bay Packers, a seven and a half point favorite at home. I told you this was the lock of the week. Pete, you you uh, texted me during that game. You're like, I'm lock la- of the I'm week? Still la- I'm still laughing about that. <laughs> Sounds like a conspiracy. The whole league's out to uh, get you. Green Bay loses 31 to 26 at Lambeau to the Indianapolis Colts. 
And it's just, look, Green Bay, they were on a roll. Aaron Rodgers has been playing great. And then they they come home, and they only score 26 on Indy. Indy's defenses look terrible all year long, and they get beat by the Colts. And the Colts ended this game early. I mean, this game was like this game was over early, and and I couldn't believe it. But yet, when it's all said and done, you sit back, you look at the entire league, and you say, "Oh, maybe I can believe it. Maybe I can believe this stuff is happening." And I also my well, other Green loss Bay's had some injuries on offense. It, yeah, but it, that doesn't matter. They have Aaron Rodgers, yeah. and they're at home, and they've been playing great. Okay, they still have Jordy Nelson. He had a nice day. I mean, yeah. there's no excuses there. If Green Bay wants to be this competitor, then they can't lose to a team like Indianapolis. And I know Indy probably should be better than a than a four and five record, uh, based on their quarterback. Sure. Yeah. But their defense is terrible. I mean, the defense is no good. So I just thought Green Bay at home would score more than 26 points on Indianapolis. That was one of my losses, and I took Denver last night, and Denver loses to Oakland. But you know, when it comes to the Raiders, I was rooting for the Raiders. Because I do think the Raiders have some losses on their schedule here moving forward. But uh, I took the Broncos, and I lose that. If the Broncos had any quarterback play, they, they would have won this game last night. Because Oakland's defense, it's, it's nothing special. I know that game was in Oakland. But, I mean, if the Broncos had any quarterback last night, I think they win this game. And I think they probably won the division. Now, in that division, it's interesting because I mentioned Oakland 7-2. Denver's at six and three now. Kansas City with a win yesterday. They're six and two. They're in second place. Yeah, it's San Diego too. And San Diego <laughs> four and five. They beat Tennessee, but I can't buy into the. I can't yeah. buy into the Chargers. But for for a fourth place team in a division, I mean any other division, they're they're looking all right. Yeah, I just I did San Diego to me. They do what they do every single year. Oh, yeah. They'll disappoint. They'll find a way to lose three straight. Yeah, they'll at some put point. up a lot of points, but. Right, they'll find a way to go on a losing skid, and and I just, I'm sorry, I'm not going to buy into the Philip Rivers-led charges. I just can't do it. We've had too many opportunities to do it, and he, yeah. he seems to fail every single every single time. Uh, so those are my picks. I went one and four. My my only win was New Orleans in San Fran, and it's amazing though, like how how good New Orleans' offense can look and how bad their defense looks at the same time. It's amazing that that can happen. But right. New Orleans scores 41 points in San Fran. Um, and I guess that leads me into my DraftKings fantasy expert, Robbie Gums, on Friday had Drew Brees. That was his quarterback. That was a big pick for him. Drew Brees had a nice day. Oh, yeah, big um, day. So that was a big pick for him. I, I, I guess I look at my picks being one and four, and now on the season, you know what my record is in the season? 14, 28, and three. Yeah, through 45 picks. You'll be picking early next year. <laughs> Um, you got the number one overall. I, I, I do. I feel like I have a couple perfect weeks in me. Like that's how this thing usually plays out. It's just when the Patriots don't play. Oh, it's tough. and you watch the NFL. What is it? It's a bunch of terrible mistakes and awful, embarrassing defense. That's all it is. Yeah, it's it's the coaching and the quarterback plays. You're so used to watching it here with the Patriots that mm-hmm. everything else is just. It just looks like a mess when you watch other teams. And, you know, when I have to go on Twitter last night, see, I was about to pass out. And I, I was on Twitter late. And I read a tweet from NBC Sports that fired me up. 
That got me going. That led me to some late <laughs> night tweets. Let's hear that it. led me to some late night anger. You want to hear it? Yeah. Let me pull it up. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard, you know uh, what's going on. Oh, I'm getting a call right now from Atlanta, Georgia. That is most likely uh, either... Sally May. It's either Sally May <laughs> or it's a Holy player or it's a player's... Player to be named later. A player to be named later's agent who might want to talk about a specific segment that we've been discussing on the show. Nice. Uh, we'll get to that. That could be some news down the line. We could be, there's some big news down the line for the show. Huge yeah, news keep coming. Keep tuning up. in. Keep Huge tuning news. In. There is. We just finalized this stuff. Everything's working itself out. Huge news coming up on this show. Hopefully in the next couple weeks. A lot of stuff. You're in studio today, Brandon. Yeah. Will Noonan. Oh, yeah. Will Noonan's in studio on Friday. Sam Kennedy, Red Sox president, in studio a week from today, next Monday. Had Bronson Arroyo on the phone earlier. Going to play that for you. Just a few minutes. But when I hang up on this call that's trying to call me, <laughs> let me pull up my Twitter. How dare them interrupt me while I'm trying to okay. fire up some old tweets. There are no longer big things uh, coming to the show. We've <laughs> ruined it with that hang up with the blocked call. <laughs> NBC Sports tweeted last night. They said the Dallas Cowboys are the hottest team in the NFL. And rookies Dak Prescott... Ezekiel Elliott continue to make history. Let me read that again. NBC Sports tweets this last night. At about, let's pull up, what time did they tweet this? Let's see. They tweeted at 1040 last night. I went to bed. I was going to bed early last night. Um, <laughs> they tweeted, the Dallas Cowboys are the hottest team in the NFL. Let's just stop it there. And so I tweeted to them. I sort of subtweeted or whatever you call it. You know, I quoted the tweet and wrote above it. I said, you guys see Tom Brady, though, or nah? <laughs> oh, see, or nah? Or nah? You see Tom oh Brady? Because And then I had people treat me like, oh, well, technically they're right. You know, Dallas is the hottest team. They've won seven straight. They're 7-1. and one. I said, well, wait a minute. Are they the hottest team? Why? Because they beat the Cleveland Browns? What's... <laughs> so then I tweeted, I think you can make the argument that the bye week that the Patriots had is a more difficult week than having to go to Cleveland and play in the Browns. <laughs> so how hot are the Dallas Cowboys really? The Cowboys beat Cleveland 35-10. to 10. Uh, There are only two teams in the NFL with one loss. That's Dallas and the Patriots. They're both 7-1. and one. What, because the Patriots had a bye? They're not the hottest team in the NFL? That's bullshit. Because who would you take right now if the Cowboys are playing the Patriots? Who would you take? I agree with you completely. You'd, You'd take, take Tom Brady and Bill Belichick over Dak Prescott and Jason Garrett, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Even Ezekiel Elliott. Absolutely. But it's the out of sight, out of sight, out of mind thing. They don't see the Patriots for a week and they forget about them. That's that, terrible. That, I think that. I mean, works as a, in the as Patriots' a, favor. It doesn't matter. As a, next week. You cover professional sports, NBC Sports. Like you, you have NFL on your station, prime time. You have the game of the week. You have the Patriots on the game of the week next week at home against Seattle. <laughs> You're gonna tell me that you send out like who's handling NBC Sports Twitter? Some fucking Munson who's never seen the light of day, probably. <laughs> like, come to Gillette Stadium. Come watch the New England Patriots. It's probably Jerry this is Jones the, the, the Patriots are the hottest team in the NFL, all right? that's It's not even up for debate. Uh-huh. The Patriots are the best team in the NFL. I'll tell you what's going to go wrong. Have you seen this this mannequin challenge video from yeah, what Jerry it, Jones? Oh, the Cowboys are done already now. You the know, mannequin challenge. Who started that? I, I don't know who started it, but I saw a couple. Teams that did it. The cool. Giants were it was good in their locker room after. They did it on ESPN. Randy Moss and the boys. Yeah. By the way, Randy Moss has saved ESPN. He's the best. He saved ESPN. He's the best. You have to, it's must see TV. He's Randy great. Moss. 
Yeah, he's the best. He gets on everything. He was talking about smoking weed yesterday. He even he even busts uh, Charles Woodson's balls. It's hilarious. But the geriatric Jones did a mannequin challenge. It's him. It's him on his private plane. It's him and a couple other of his associates, whatever, and they're trying to do it. I saw this. Acting. They're all shaking. shaky yeah. as fuck. They're, shaky uh, AF. It, if they were, it if is they were speaking, it would sound like a, uh, it's. It's insane. It, you you got to see it. But why, why are people doing this? It looks like there's turbulence on the Why are people doing this? I don't know. It's some sort of... That's the new thing. What was it? Is that, like why, the, Pete, is like that the, why Pete's not moving right now? It's <laughs> like the clowns running around here. <laughs> the, the, clowns, like the clowns, the planking. What else was there? The, oh, wow. Um, there's always something going on. Um, you know, the interwebs. Was, the Harlem Shake. Duffner in. Yes. Jason Duffner. I yeah, sitting, it. He was sitting on his hands. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> Anything else you want to start one? Oh, T-Bone. T-Bone was a big one. Yeah, oh yeah, T-Bone was huge. Uh, we should do a mannequin challenge. We should. We should. No, we shouldn't. We I'm should. Why? It's gone now. It's uh, over. It's over. Jerry, right. Jerry yeah. ruined it. Yeah, the Cowboys are going to go 7-9 and nine now. Jerry ruined it. Because, because Jerry of, oh, has to ruin everything. They did it on the flight home from Cleveland last night? Yeah, but it or was. The, or I the think flight it to was, Cleveland. I think it was. It was one of the two. But I don't. I don't get it. I don't like it. It was just um, Jerry and a couple of his guys. There was not, none of the team. None of the players were there. or The coaches. Or I don't think the Patriots are going to be doing that. The Patriots are not going <laughs> to no, be doing the mannequin challenge. No way. Okay? They're not going to be doing that. Um, is it a challenge though? Like, what is it for? Like, it's I, one thing if like they were. I don't know. See, that's the problem. If that's, it was for, you know, to to raise awareness for something, then I think we would know. But if it is to raise awareness or something, they're doing a terrible job because uh, we, yeah, are we, not, we are not we are not aware of, of what they're trying to do. They've had some good hockey ones though. We are unaware. I've seen, I've seen those like on the ice, different the mannequin challenge, different teams. Yeah, there's some good. How long's it been going on for? A couple weeks, I yeah. think. There's a good one. I saw a good one with some school. All the kids, they got some kid dunking on somebody, and he's just hanging perfectly. Yeah, um, and Jerry ruined it. Jerry, yeah. I mean, I don't. I'll tell you right now, it's no, it's not. I don't get it. I don't think it's like entertaining. Yeah, I don't get it either. But um, if it is it. for a cause, let me know. Because then you know, Jerry's then we shaking. can you know people can donate to the they're, cause. But let us know the cause. Is there a cause? They're handing one of them, and one of them they're handing the other one a beer on Jerry's plane. I wouldn't open that thing for three weeks the way this guy's shaking. It's insane. Just <laughs> 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 it's like they're going through major turbulence. Um. All right. So it brings us back to the tweet. Like, I don't know how you tweet this out. This is the stupidest tweet. Because while the Cowboys are good, I'm not trying to take anything away from them. They look like a nice team right now. They should absolutely not go back to Tony Romo. That would be the dumbest thing the organization ever would, could yeah, do. I agree. I like Prescott. How can you not like Elliott's game, uh, what he's doing in the backfield for Dallas? I mean, you love their offensive line. Um, but, I mean, let's be honest. If you lined them up against the wall, both rosters, both teams, are you really going to take Dallas? Would you really put your money? If I if I said these two teams are going to be playing next week at a neutral site, and you have to put, even if it was in Dallas, and I said you would have put your money on one of these two games, yeah. all the money you have, you have to put them on one of these two teams. Patriots. You Yes, you'd put them on the Patriots, right? So, Absolutely. So don't give me this, well, just because the Patriots had a bye, Dallas is the hottest team. No. they. If Dallas just rolled into, let's say, um, Dallas goes into Seattle yesterday and beats the Seahawks. Different story. Okay, yeah. maybe we're talking about them being the hottest team. They went into Cleveland and beat the Browns. That's not a tough thing to do. Cleveland's 0-9. Cleveland's already looking for next year. <laughs> Cleveland's 0-9. They don't know what they're doing. Jamie Collins, by the way, 
played his first game for the Browns. How do you do it? The first highlight I saw in red zone. And this is not to knock Jamie Collins because I've I actually loved watching him play. I think he's an athletic freak. I wish the Patriots kept him, but I can understand if he did something, which it looks like he did behind the scenes, that Belichick just cut ties and in the process sent a message to not just his team, but the rest of the NFL again, which is that nobody's bigger than the Patriot way. I don't care who you are. And if you, if you can't understand that that message that he sends works, then you haven't been paying attention to Patriots football. Um, I've already done the Jamie Collins thing. But he did play yesterday in Cleveland. And the first quarter, I was watching Red Zone. Yeah. He got to- he was confused as fuck. And the I guy, they, there was a touchdown right over his head. He just left the guy wide open in the end zone. In the red zone. And um, that was, and you know, that some people will use that and say, oh, see, the Patriots, they, there's reports that they were going to use him as a part-time linebacker. They were going to only use him on third down or whatever it might be. And that's why they moved him for nothing. I'm sorry. I still think something happened. Yeah. you Something happened. Just because one play doesn't make him a bad play. He was nasty. Freakish speed. Strong. He had everything you want, a coverage linebacker. He could even rush the pass. Oh, he's sending up the A-gap. The A-gap blitz, Jamie Collins. It's, when him and Hightower were doing yeah, that, it was – that's when they were at their best. It was yeah, it was great. I, I'm with you. It's something had to have gone wrong because a third-round pick – Oh, it's a conditional. It's like forget about it. Oh, I, my God. I mean, I know – They basically got nothing for him. Picks are so overvalued in the NFL. But, yeah, I mean, he was a second-round pick himself. So yeah. And Sam Bradford was just traded for a first-round pick. Which is – so this was a uh, message yeah, sent by it, Belichick. It was. This was it a message that was sent, and I know I've said, I said it on a Friday's podcast, I said on WEI over the weekend, I, I said, I don't have the details for you what happened, but something happened. And, you know, the more I think about it, I think it was a combination of things. I, I This is my theory. My theory was Jamie Collins' agent had a conversation with Belichick and was like, you know, this is what we're going to be looking for this offseason as his rookie contract expires. And Belichick was probably like, fucking see you later. Like, that's yeah. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Belichick hangs up on that phone call and goes, I'm, I'm trading, trading Jamie yeah. Collins right now. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he knows what's up. I think he knows yeah. he's 7-1. and one. They'll just keep him. And if they're going to let him walk, they'll let him walk. They've yeah. done that before. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, when the agent gets back to Jamie Collins, like basically, hey, Belichick told me to go fuck myself. Jamie Collins might have then... Be, you know, had an attitude. Yeah. Forget about acting up. He might have just there might have just been a little something, and maybe yeah. all that freelancing on the field had something to do with it. Maybe he wasn't listening to the coaches. Maybe he started giving people dirty looks. Maybe he reacted to yeah. Patricia in a way at practice that basically said, "Fuck you, you guys aren't paying me. I can do what I want." Something like that. Yeah, I think it was all a combination, and maybe there was one argument. Maybe there was something that was said, and that was it. And Belichick said, "You know, screw this guy. He's gone." This is what I do here. I have spent my entire football career and my entire Patriots career trying to create a certain culture and identity, which is you're going to do things on my terms, and if you don't, well, you don't have to be here, and we can win without you. And that's the exact message that he continues to send, and he's not going to stop for anybody. And I think he doesn't just send it to this team. He sends it to the rest of the league. Patriots are in a bye week. They're still the top story in the NFL. Because they are the only short thing. They're the class in the National Football League. That's why I laugh at the Dallas, the tweet about the Dallas Cowboys. It's like, okay, they beat Cleveland. They're really the hottest team, or are the Patriots the hottest team? Um, well, the Patriots are hated. You know, they're that. the only short thing in the NFL. They are. 
It, the mistakes that you see from other quarterbacks, from other coaches, from other e- even defenses, you just don't see those mistakes from the Patriots. They're, they're in a different league. Yeah. And when they trade someone like Jamie Collins, they're the top story. So the rest of the league sees it. And so the message Belichick sends isn't just to his current team. It's to the rest of the league. If you want to join this team the next couple of years as a free agent, guess what? This is how it's going to go down. And if you don't believe me by now, then you probably shouldn't be here anyways. So that's what I think the Jamie Collins trade was. And and I think we need to get over it because I think the Patriots are going to be fine. You know, Vegas doesn't think anything differently of it. Patriots are still a favorite to win the Super Bowl. And guess, you know, you know who's a favorite already in the Super Bowl? The AFC. They're a three-point favorite. Which means that the it Patriots means that the, the Patriots favorite, are yeah. already a three-point favorite in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That did not change with the Jamie Collins trade. And so... Things don't change with you, right, no. Brandon? When you have number 12, it's, they should be the favorite every week, every it, year. That's that's what it comes down yeah, to. Yeah, that's really. what it comes down to. I agree. And um, right now, the Patriots are the top seed in the AFC. And let's let's play this game. If the playoffs began today, right? I, and obviously, we're doing this, what, before Buffalo-Seattle Monday night game. But um, Buffalo at 4-4... Four and four, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's in Seattle. It doesn't change anything. And I guess for Seattle at um, four, two, and one, it wouldn't change anything if they won either. So if the playoffs began today after Week Nine, this is what it would look like in the AFC. The Patriots are the one seed at seven and one. Oakland's a two seed at seven and two. So the Patriots and Oakland will get the first round by. The three seed Houston Texans at five and three Jeez. would be hosting a playoff game. Against the six seed Denver Broncos, they'll get shut out again. <laughs> get shut out at Houston. home again. Yeah. yeah, and then the four seed Baltimore Ravens, because of that win yesterday over Pittsburgh, would be hosting a playoff game Chiefs. against the six and two Kansas City Chiefs. And I'd be tempted to take Kansas City in that game I would as well, be too. which would mean that you'd possibly, you know, and at that point, AFC West well, team. look, at that point, you know, if Denver's the six seed. And they win their game, they automatically play the one seed. Which means that you're setting up a game against Denver at Gillette in the divisional round. A lot of people might have envisioned that game happening in the AFC Championship. Right now, it looks like that wouldn't be the case. Um, So that's the way the AFC looks. The NFC, the Cowboys and the Falcons would be the one and two seeds respectively. Cowboys the one seed, Falcons the two seed. They would get the first round buys. The wild card round, the three-seed Seahawks would host the six-seed Washington Redskins, and the four-seed Vikings would host the five-seed New York Giants. Uh, the Giants with a win yesterday over the Philadelphia Eagles, 28-23. to And I think the team that's most interesting right now in the NFC, in that playoff picture, is Minnesota. Because they've they started the season five and zero. Now they've lost three straight, and it's like, okay, what are the Vikings? Yeah, now what are the Vikings? Story. They were looking like one of the most dangerous teams in football because of the defense. But now, uh, the Vikings yesterday they lose to Detroit in overtime, twenty two to sixteen. That game was in Minnesota. Detroit's on the outside looking in right now, but they they winning some. All their wins are like fourth quarter comebacks. Oh yeah, the and, Lions. Anquan Bolden, huge pickup. And. New Orleans is on the outside looking in. Green Bay's on the outside looking in. Philly's on the outside looking in. I mean, you get some you get some dangerous teams there. The NFC is going to be exciting. 
down the stretch. I think more exciting than the AFC. Because the AFC, it's the Patriots. It, yeah, to me, know. it's whoever wins the AFC West, and then it's a shit show. Yeah. Right? Then it's a shit show. The NFC, it's like, you got Detroit, New Orleans, Green Bay, Philly, and they're all sitting there. And, I mean, all of those teams could beat, I think, every team that's currently in Above the them, playoffs yeah. for the NFC. So Atlanta will be out. Second in their first home game if they stay in the Oh, I have no confidence that Matt Ryan in the big spot is going to do anything. Look, those defenses, Atlanta, they uh, they have a great offense, but their defense is garbage. Same thing like New Orleans. It's like you watch their offense perform, and you're like, if they could get any defense at all, (laughs) they'd be the best team in football, better than the Patriots. But they can't do it. They can't play any defense. And I guess that's good good for, like, daily fantasy because you know they're going to be in a shootout. So taking Matt Ryan and Drew Brees, it's almost like a no-brainer. They're going to have big games because they're going to be throwing the football. They're going to have big offensive days. They just – the defenses suck. And yeah, when it comes to real life, it doesn't work. Yeah, Any no. money in the top nine in the NFC could be in the Super Bowl. Right? Any of them. Did you get, I mean, top ten, really, because you throw Philadelphia in there at number ten right now yeah. in the NFC. I think it would be Seattle. I think Seattle would be it again. Would be, it could Is be. there any team in the NFC you think could beat the Patriots? At a neutral side, I mean, the Super they Bowl. say any given Sunday for a, a reason, but no, I don't, I don't see any. Well, team why? Give me a team that gives them the the, the biggest fit. I mean, I, I think you can make the case that Seattle's probably yeah, just, that just that team. Their defense. They have the defense. Um, Wilson smart. Wilson yeah. is. I mean, I think Russell Wilson's an elite quarterback in this league. I understand yeah. he's been limited this year with his mobility because of the leg injuries, and that might factor in to how he plays down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, he because makes good decisions. Yeah, he's a smart quarterback. I think he throws a lot better than people give him credit for. I think he throws a deep ball a lot better than people give him credit for. But um, I'd say Seattle out of this group. I can't say Minnesota because of Sam Bradford. No way. Uh, You know people are going to start getting scared about the Giants. Oh, oh, yeah. You never want to see it. Yeah, Yeah, no, I do want to see it. Oh, no, I want to see What do you mean you don't want to see it? I'm saying people don't want to see it. Do you want to see it? I would love for them to beat the Giants. I want to see them play the Giants. The Gi- the, I don't think the Giants are real. I know. We, ne- I we know. never. I know. I mean, I like their receiving uh, core this year, but I, I can't take Eli Manning seriously. It, it's I hate Odell quarter. Beckham Jr. I absolutely I despise him. <laughs> I think he's such a clown. I think he's the biggest clown in, in the NFL. He's, he's the, such a loser. You see his hair yesterday when he took his helmet off. It looked uh, like Rod Stewart. He's such a loser. All he is, he's the all he cares about is his own brand. That's it. If Odell Beckham Jr. played for the Patriots, he would have been cut after Week One. Oh yeah, it's, it's he would. Ne- that guy would time. never last around here. I don't care how talented he is. I don't care how much they can give him a little slant over the right side, and he can take it all, all the way across the field for an eighty-yard touchdown. I don't care about that ability that he has. He is such a clown. His personality is so bad that th- um, he would not last two seconds in New England. He wouldn't. Yeah, I'm I hate you. the Giants. I want to see the Giants in the Super Bowl because I want to see the Patriots beat them. Yeah, I, want I do. To I want to see him. Fifty on them. People will be scared. Of it. People will be horrified. Oh yeah. That. Oh, they. It's because they're bringing back memories, flashbacks, you know post-traumatic stress. You know what? It's going to be that much sweeter when the Patriots beat the Giants oh, yeah. in the Super Bowl. Beautiful. It's going to be that much sweeter. But here's what would happen with the Giants right now. If the playoffs began today. If they beat Minnesota in the first round, if they went into Minnesota and oh, won that God. game, They'd have hold on. obviously it would depend. Washington wouldn't beat Seattle. No. So no that way. means that the Giants would be going to Dallas in the divisional round. And I, would you, I mean, 
I could. I think the Giants. I would pick the Giants to win that game. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I get back to everyone's in love with the Cowboys. It's like take it easy. Let's not overreact here. See now nine weeks. Now what you're on right now will really start to scare people. You have the Giants going through all away games from Wild Card Weekend to get to the Patriots. (laughs) Oh my God. All right. So they beat Dallas. People will be watching the game. The Giants would beat Dallas, right? And that would set. So then Atlanta would play Seattle. Be Giants. I would take Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. I would take Seattle to go in Atlanta win. Yeah. And then Seattle would host the Giants, which would mean that the final four in the NFL would probably be the Patriots and some poor schmuck in the AFC <laughs> at Gillette versus. And then the other two would be Dallas and Seattle. Excuse me, the Giants and Seattle. I see there's so many teams in front of me right now. Yeah. So the final four would be the Patriots, Team X. The Giants in Seattle. Yeah. Those are the final four. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, people won't watch the game around here if the Giants run through the NFC away and play the Patriots. You, they'll, be, they'll, they'll do something else. They'll go to church. I don't know. <laughs> they will not be watching. People will be too fucking scared to watch that game. I won't be. Let me have, oh, I won't either. I won't be scared. I'll try to get there. Bring it on. I'll, Let's I will, go. I want to be Bring there. it on. Get the. I'll be rooting for the Giants over the Seahawks. I'll Me be too. cheering for. I'm I'll be you. cheering for my boy Odell Beckham. People will be having nightmares seeing Eli Manning in this every time they close their eyes. Good. Bring it on. Seeing David Tyree. Bring, bring it on. Bring on the memories. Bring on the flashbacks. I'm with bring you. on the highlights. I'm with you. Bring it on. What channel's the Super Bowl on this year? Fox? Maybe. I don't know. What channel's it on? <laughs> bring it on. Patriots in the Super Bowl. Book it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's obvious. Who are they going to lose to? Are they losing to Oakland? Should we start looking at flights right now? Should pa- the Patriots going to lose to Oakland? No. No. No chance. Are they going to lose to Houston? No. Are they going to lose? Are they going to lose to Baltimore? They already. Are they going to lose to Kansas City? Are they going to lose to Denver? Who are they going to lose to? Pittsburgh? Miami? Buffalo? Indy? San Diego? No. Who are the Patriots going to lose to? Honestly. Where's the Super Bowl? Houston? Houston. All right. Let's start looking at flights. Tell me how much a flight. No, I'm seriously. Look at a flight. Tell I'm me look, how much I'm a flight. I'm gonna look it up right now. Um, do you do you have a preferred airline? No. All right. No preferred airline. I'd prefer to drive, but okay, like, whatever I, you want to do. I'd do that. I'm no, with road you. trip. A lot cheaper, right? Just gas. That's it. No gas you split prices gas? are going up here. Are they? Who are you speaking? <laughs> Elect big election day. What's tomorrow. it? February fifth is the Super Bowl. I think. While you're doing that, tell us who you're voting for. Tell us who Brandon Wahlberg is going to vote for in the election. So if you go on, on a three-day trip here. Oh, you're going to you're gonna ignore that t- one? I'm not talking about the election. You're not talking about the election. You didn't know that I brought you here to talk about the election. <laughs> I did not. I brought you here to talk about a couple things. The election and your crazy-ass fans that keep tweeting the shit out of me. Easy. All right? All right. Than that you got out. some crazy fans, man. <laughs> How? How do you got fans? Do you have eyes? You see you're looking at here? Uh, you all of a sudden, TV, you, have you? Skyrocket, you have skyrocketed in the Twitter the Twitter rankings. The Twitterverse. The Twitterverse. Yeah. You got more Twitter followers than me, and it's really, yeah. uh, what, you that got like 5,000 more than me. The blue you check got a blue mark. check mark? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> Pete, come on. Maybe I did know that. He's big time, dude. Maybe I did. I just, big I'm, time. Okay, so just a quick back to the flights. Real quick, then we'll get back to the good stuff. Go From ahead. Saturday, if you want to stay till Monday, I'm assuming when you will, I'm assuming you won't want to Super Bowl. $317. Are you Round you trip. looked that weekend, Super Bowl Round weekend. Round trip, yes. February. Yes, 4th to the 6th. How much? 
317. 317. 317 a person, round trip. Yeah. No shit. I'm thinking about booking it now. How much are the hotels going for? Ah, see, that's where you get that's where you get fucked. The hotel's probably like four thousand dollars a that's night. That's how we gotta get if we're getting an RV. Yeah, get an RV. I mean, you're not you, you act. <laughs> I like it. We're working here. I guess you know what's gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Okay, yeah, yeah. so I, I don't even like to tease myself about it because it's just not gonna happen. I mean, I'll do it. We'll take the show on the road. Like I'll do yeah, it. Radio Row, right? Yeah. I've I've been trying to get on. You guys, I've been trying to get on Radio Row for seven years, and the the assholes that control that for you already have to. Well, you already you had to book that already. Well, you're sitting here with a major power player in the Twitterverse oh, here now. You, I mean, I, maybe we can make a couple yeah, calls maybe, this year. Yeah, maybe you know what we'll do. We'll have some of your crazy nut fans just harass the NFL. And we'll get in there. We will get in do there. Do you ever meet up with, with, with fans that, that want to meet? I have people tweet me and email me. They're like, I just want to meet them. I just want to meet Brandon Wahlberg. You ever I mean, go meet them? human. Do you ever go meet them? No, not really. You know. I don't know. Do I don't have. I don't have no fans. Do you, Though we did have that's one. That's a shame. You have, have fans, Danny. Fans? Come on. No, nah, I don't have any fans. Not like you. I don't no, know. You got no. people that hate you that tune in and yell at the radio. No, people that. I had someone who called up the other day, and he called up on on EEI, and he's like, and you know, Saturday, running through my show, love doing it. Okay, this guy calls up. He's like, well, first and foremost, <laughs> I just want to say one thing. I find your personality i forget the word your shrill personality and your thick boston accent objectionable <laughs> that's what he says to me and i go i go I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there like all right i'm so glad you got that out like they you know it's good for you buddy right just letting that out you've been waiting on the phone line for 25 minutes to say that get to your point i just let him go and he's like but i will say this I agree with you over everybody on the Jamie Collins thing. And he goes off and I answer his shit. And then at the end, I was like, oh, yeah. And by the way, all the shit that you said about me, like, please stop listening to me. Then, if that's how you feel. <laughs> like, if that guy never listens to me again, my career, nothing's going to change in my career. But it's like you waited 25 minutes on the phone to tell me that. He it's like, well, you. welcome to Boston. He's got a crush on you. No, he th- that's the thing. He ha- hated everything about me. He but that, those, are the, those are the fans, and I'm getting yeah. the air quotes, that, that he, sort of I get. Like the 60-year-old dudes that just listen to sports talk radio that are like, you know, they can't understand that somebody from Boston actually sounds like they're from Boston in 2016. Like, yeah. get over it. They he can't, hates that they he can't loves you. It, I guess. He hates I hope that he stops listening to me. I don't. I don't have fans like you. You got, you got crazy nutty fans that they just want to meet you. Nobody wants to meet me. Does, did we have someone come in here before? That was like, I, I thought there was some story. Maybe what, we, for Brandon? No, for, oh. for, for, for this show. For this show. <laughs> they were listening outside the window here? No. Right? I think we had a good one in nope. America. No, 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 Nobody. Nothing. Nobody check it in. <laughs> oh, wait, somebody just walked by. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Granite Ave? We have this cause every day. You know? yeah. Oh, they're just going away. We should get a, yeah, that's a, bus, going on the highway? That's a bus stop that's out there. So, yeah. when, we, oh, that's so when we get going big, we'll have a like, good one in America. There'll be people out front. Yeah, we'll have to get some security, too. Get some high mom yeah, signs. Yeah. Well, Austin I, 316 signs. Once, once, more, once the word gets out about the hot throw, Brandon Wahlberg being on. Yeah, there, I mean, uh, you don't need to have a Trump sign when you're wearing a sweatshirt right now. So <laughs> I, I, <laughs> let's get back to that. What are you, do, what are you doing tomorrow? What yeah, are you doing I'm, on Tuesday? I'm writing in myself. Uh, it, it, 
look, this is the craziest election. It's insane. Because it's just, it's become two people just going back and forth at each other. Who's a liar? Yeah. Who's lying more? Like, who? Yeah. That's what it comes down <laughs> to. Who's a bigger liar? Because I'm going to uh, vote for the person that is not the biggest liar out of the two. I guess. No, that, I mean, I'm not saying me personally, that's what I'm going to do. I'm saying that's what people are, are really thinking going yeah. into this election, right? They're saying, all right, who lies more? I won't vote for that person. I, you know what I think? A lot of people are going to vote on whoever's the last commercial they see as they're walking out the door to the I'll polls. I'll say this. Um, this in no way reflects my stance or opinions on who I'm voting for, how I feel about the candidates. But when I see that Trump commercial with like the little kids watching the TV and you just hear Trump going, oh, that Rosie O'Donnell is so cute, <laughs> so such a fat pig. I start dying laughing every oh, time. It's the funniest commercial I've ever seen. I don't know, and that's that's a Hillary commercial. Oh, they're great. She's trying to turn me off of Trump. I'm I like start crying laughing. I'm oh. like, this is hysterical. I watched that first debate just to see what he what might come out of his mouth, what jokes he might make, because I figured he'd have a couple one-liners. It's hilarious that we got to the point where Donald Trump could be elected president of the United States, isn't it? It gives me hope. I'm on reality TV. You are. <laughs> Nothing like The Apprentice, though. Well, no, we're not on, not, on not NBC. Yet. Not yet. No. Um, but, you know, I remember when Trump first started this a couple of years ago and told people he was running for president. I asked certain people, I said, and people whose political opinions I respect, I said, how about Trump running for president, huh? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm voting for him. And I'm like, what? They're like, oh, yeah, I'm voting for him. I'm like, what do you mean you're voting for him? And I respect these people's political opinions. They're like, oh, he's not a politician. He tells it like it is. And we need someone like that. I'm sick of politicians. And, and it's those people, that mindset, that have carried Trump to this point in time where he could be elected president tomorrow of the United States of America, Donald Trump. And, and look, this is the type of election, like, Pete, you could be a Hillary guy and you could take me, you know, outside of the studio and sit there and explain to me just how much Donald Trump doesn't get it, how bad of a president he would be. And you would be making some good points and I would like buy into that. And then Brandon, you could be a Trump guy and I'm not saying you are, but you could be. And then 10 minutes later, you could pull me into another room and say, oh, Hillary's a liar. Look at her emails. Look at, you know, all the WikiLeaks that are going on. Like, the FBI, she's got them in her back pocket. Yeah. Like, she's working with, you know, you know Huma Abedin. She, you know, there's questions there with Saudi Arabia. Like, and I would, you'd make good points. And i go, oh, you know what? He's right. So I don't, but the, the problem I have is all the things that you guys would say in those two arguments. It's just anti the other one. I don't know pro. what's true. At the end of the day, I'll never know what's true. Like, I'll never know what's true and what's not with these two candidates. Like, I just, I just won't know. And so that's where I'm going into the election tomorrow, having absolutely no idea who I'm going to vote for, because I don't know what's true and what's not. But people make good points when they make their arguments, and I'm just sort of middle ground sitting back looking and listening, going, all right, you make good points and you make good points, but what's true and what's not? I'll never, and we'll never know. So I don't know what the hell to do. And I'm looking for advice, and you're not going to give me any. No, I'm not giving. I have none to give. I don't. I'm with you. I'm in the gray area. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't like, side with either. Like I don't party. like either candidate. No, I, I'm with you. I just. So I guess we'll just see. I'm just floating in. We'll an just abyss. go. We'll vote with and political um, nothingness. Should I just do random? Like just yeah. <laughs>
I'll write someone in. Should write I write in. in Brandon Wahlberg? Yeah, let's see how many president? we can get. Yeah. Brandon Wahlberg running? What do you think? Um, Is it too late to start the, cam- the campaign for Brandon it's, Wahlberg? It's never too late. It's a little too late. Never too late. It's never too late to continue the campaign for me being Red Sox GM, which yes. is why I can't wait till Sam Kennedy's in here a week from today. He's going to be sitting right in that seat, and I'm going to say to him, all right, let's do this right now Don, on the show. Dombrowski's out? No, Dombrowski's in. He's the president of baseball operations, but they don't have a GM. Yeah, all right. How do you think Sam Kennedy's going to react to that? Are you going to put your name in the in the hat with him in studio? You going to say it? I'm literally going to throw my okay, hat good. in front of him. Okay, good. And say, in. <laughs> say this is it's in the ring. Yes. This is the ring. This is my hat. I'm in. What do you think? I'd we should it. do. Like I should have my interview. You should get all dressed up. I should get yeah <laughs> shirt and tie. I should. I'd sign you. No, yeah. they should. They should bring me in as GM. But um, anyways, that's next week. What are we talking about right now? Let's get to the real reason Brandon Wahlberg is in studio with me right now. You are my NBA insider. Yep. Oh, yeah. And uh, the Celtics, how are they looking right now to you? Because I here's where I have a tough time taking what's going on seriously. Like, they lose last night. Uh, they're 3-3, three and three, second in the Atlantic Division. Uh, they lose to the Nuggets. They lost to the Cavaliers in Cleveland. All right. They beat the Bills. They lost to the Bulls. They beat the Hornets. They beat the Nets. But they got, I, I can't take what's going on seriously because they don't have Horford. Right now, they don't have Crowder. They've yeah. been banged up. They've been yeah. injured. They don't have the team yet. The The team is not all out on the court no, and able to their, play. Two of their top four guys are hurt. So, so I don't. I can't take this seriously, what's going on right now, so far, right? No, and especially last, last night's game was insane. The Nuggets couldn't miss. I think they shot close to 70%. Moody had 24 points in the first quarter. Everything was dropping. Everyone was scoring. Gallinari was on fire for a little bit. It was insane. They were all filling up. They had 77 points at the half. It was just crazy. And the Celtics were getting bad bounces. They Shots were coming in and out. It was tough. So that's why I'm not too worried yet. And the Horford and Crowder being out is huge. I mean, Hor- they both bring great defense. And they spread the floor. There's one thing I do see. What do you and see? I think I'm going to be right on this. I'm going to be right on the money on this. Me. And people try to tell me I was going to be wrong. But I think I'm going to be right. I'm going to be so right on this, it's not even going to be funny. People are going to be coming and telling me how right I am and have been. Let's hear it. They are going to miss Evan Turner like you wouldn't believe. Oh, yeah, they will. They definitely will. He, he was a great change of pace point guard for them. He's a pass-first guy. He had that mid-range shot that was money. I mean, you wouldn't want to see him shoot a three ever, but his mid-range shot was on the money every time. It was shmoney. It was Shmoney. Shmoney. <laughs> yeah, he's he was going to be every, missed. Every time the Celtics either went on a run and they pulled away or had a comeback, Evan Turner was right in the middle of it. Yeah. Was right in the middle of it. And I think they're going to miss that. I do, too. I don't think they made the wrong move by letting him go because that was... Oh, no, money, I, don't, but, I don't either. I'm not saying that they should have given Evan Turner that money. In a perfect world, you Evan Turner is under contract still for yeah. one maybe one or two more years. Yeah. Um. But the reason I think that that people maybe don't want to give Evan Turner the the credit that that he deserved last year is one maybe they they didn't watch the entire season they just watched a couple of playoff games where he wasn't great. Yeah. Against Atlanta, or people are so hung up on the fact that he was a number two overall pick and he never really panned out to play like a number two overall pick. 
And and I think that that sticks with people. When they, years down the road, they want to evaluate a guy's talent, they say, well, he was a number two overall pick. He never really lived up to that potential. But yeah. I think if you put that aside and look what he did to the Celtics team, I mean, I watched most of the Celtics games last year. I watched more Celtics than Bruins last year. I watched, honestly, I would say... I might have missed, might have missed 10 games last yeah, year. He was huge. And people get hung up on that second overall pick, but they got to remember that draft was dog shit. I think Derek Williams went third overall there. So it was nothing. I can't remember who went first, but you know, he's doing what he needs to now. He's, he's worth it. You go through and look at all the top five picks. A lot of them didn't pan out mm. and he's, you know, he's not an all-star, but he's a very serviceable guy. He's one of the best six men in the league. And that's something you need. Other than other than Jalen Brown wearing the grape smugglers, yeah, are you... he's got the Larry Birds on. Uh, are you impressed with what you've seen so far out of the Rook? I am, yeah. I mean, you know, people were very skeptical about taking him. You know, I thought the Celts would go with Jamal Murray, who they saw last night. But I am impressed. I mean, he's played well. Great athlete, and he can shoot the ball better than people expected. Like I saw with him last night, he was shooting, but in and out. So those will, those will fall. But I am impressed. I mean, great defense. He's getting his shots coming along. But you're not panicking about this Celtics team right no. now. For things you know that might have happened in the first six games, again, 3-3 three and three record, they allow – I mean, they've been allowing 100 points – points yeah. a game. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> they got Crowder's probably, I'd say, their second best defender behind mm-hmm. Bradley. So that's huge. And he's always going against usually the guys that are the big scorers for the other team, the LeBrons, the Durants. Yeah. Gallinari last night, he would have been on him. So that's huge that that he's out. But they the pace that they're playing at is causing that to happen too. They're up and down a lot. Isaiah likes to push the ball. So when you play like that, you're bound to give up a lot of points, no matter what, because you're going to give up a lot of shots. More shots, more points. So, it's yeah, there's really nothing to worry about yet. Nothing. No alarm should be. Too early. Yeah, it's way too I've had a tough time focusing on Celtics and Bruins and the NBA and the NHL because the NFL's in the middle of the season. The World Series just wrapped up. I'll get into a little bit more basketball and hockey because the World Series is over, because baseball is now over. But, um, you know, I- I'm in agreement with you. I think because of the injuries and because it's so early, yeah, it doesn't look good defensively right now, but I think it'll all come together. I really like Brad Stevens as a coach. I like this group. I think they're going to miss Evan Turner. I think that's evident right away. But like you said, I'm not sitting here telling you that they should have given him all that money. That's just, you know, you can't do it. But good for him for getting the money. And don't Uh, worry, your your boy Kelly Olenek will be back. Oh, my God. (laughs) He'll bring the defense. I hate when when they factor him in. They're like, well, and Kelly Olenek's out too. It's like, what what is that going to – so what? Yeah, it's – I'm not rooting for him to stay injured, but I don't think we should be yeah. factoring him oh, yeah, into the equation. Yeah, you don't equation. want to see anybody hurt, but I don't really see how he no, improves the No, I don't either. Other than he could improve his own trade value. Yeah. And I, I think we all believe that this team will be in position with those Brooklyn picks uh, with another max contract available to, to make some type of crazy move at the deadline. It could be huge because I might have to change my most improved player that I'm thinking. It might could be Bradley now. In the notebook? 
and the notebook. The you didn't notebook. bring the notebook in. Yeah. I didn't. I don't have the notebook. You really today. rushed. We rushed it the last time because you had to go. I hope it was worth yeah. it. Was the Wal- it was worth Wahlberg's it. potty? It was, was it worth it? worth it? Yeah, it was a nice time. Had Were you like, cake. oh, I just left Pete and Danny back, and they're starving, and <laughs> we should have invited them to this. You guys had to finish up. I'm sorry. We'll we'll go this weekend. How about that? All right. It's who's it on? Donnie or Mark? I, that's not gonna be on anybody. We got, oh. we're gonna have to pay. But. Okay, then we're not going. <laughs> All right, I'll see you. I'll go. I'll enjoy myself. Um, I don't like paying for shit anymore. I get free sunglasses. Um, I get free T-shirts from Beantown Athletics. I get my skate shopping for free. Um, I I don't have anything to eat right now. But if we could call <laughs> Keith Shepik at Molinari's, maybe we can get a couple free chicken palm hey, subs. Best chicken go. palm in Dorchester. I'm gonna be walking advertisements soon. Um, yeah, you're gonna. So. Promo codes, advertisements, free shit. We're gonna just, be getting, you're going to be getting advertisements tattooed on you. I just might for the right price. You know? That's, that's going to be cost. That Somebody's going to have to pay a lot for that. But I, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. You didn't bring an notebook in today, though. No. Next time it'll be in. Why? I really thought you were going to get into. I didn't. I was running around. I oh, you're have... always running around. Can you just set some time out for this show if you're going to be a regular I... contributor? <laughs> I'm here. I know you're here, but you don't have your notebook. That's your Bible. They only love me for the notebook. But you said you're going to change your most improved player to Avery I, Bradley. I'm not going to change You can't it change I'm it. I'm going to stick with it, but Who he's was looking it? like it. Kyle Anderson. Okay. San Antonio. But Avery Bradley's your guy? He's looking like it. He's looking like he's... T- every year, he looks like he's taking another step, and this year, it looks... He's reminding me of Jimmy Butler a couple of years ago. His offense That's your boy. Really coming When's through. the last time you talked to Jimmy Butler? Been a while. It's been a while. So you don't know how... Yeah, I was going to ask you, how's he doing in Chicago? How's he feeling about... Uh, Dwayne like Wade and team. Rondo. You like them? I like that. No, Dwayne Wade's hitting threes now. I know, what happened it's there? Crazy. Been practicing. I guess yeah, he's practicing. He's uh, who knows. He wants to hurt Miami's feelings. Uh, how do you feel about what's going on in the rest of the league? I guess the top storyline. Everybody's still watching Golden State, seeing how Durant's playing. Golden State's yeah. four and two. They played Oklahoma City. They were chirping them. Right, they're going back Cantor. and forth. Can Cantor speak English? That he's. I don't know. <laughs> Is but Are I mean speaking in Turkish to him. How do you how do you think that's that's working out so far? Golden State, Kevin Durant being there. I mean, it's all right. I, they're gonna take a while. They're gonna hit a point in the mid season or so where they're gonna be hot. Impossible re- to beat. It, yeah, at some point during the season, they remind me of, of the Heat in twenty twenty eleven, the first year they got together. It takes a while to get used to that. I mean, you're bringing in somebody that. What did Kevin Durant shoot? How many shots last year? I don't know. Let's say 23. When you're bringing that onto a team mm-hmm. with people that already have a lot of shooters, you know, it's, it's going to take some adjusting. So, But they'll hit a point where you're not going to want to play them. Where they're going to be ending games at halftime. How about the Knicks? Interesting team there. I, I, re- I am really interested to see how that all plays out with the Knicks. They are interesting, that's for sure. But, I mean, I don't see, I don't see them really going anywhere. I mean, I don't know. I just don't know. I feel like it's going to clash. You got If Noah keeps shooting air balls like that, they're going <laughs> nowhere. I don't know what's going on. But they have so much potential because Porzingis is insane. Yeah. He's going to be one of the best soon. Carmelo still can give you 40 on any given night. I mean, they're two and four. So it's not, they're obviously not lighting the world on fire. No. But it's early. And I think they have a roster that makes that that will keep them an interesting team to watch 
on a national level. Yeah, oh, they'll be a good team to watch, but defense is going to be an issue. Noah was it's such the a, NBA, though. Yeah. I mean, how many teams are really the shutdown defensive teams, right? I mean, we'd like to see the Celtics be that with some of the defensive plays yeah. they have, but I think yeah. you're only looking at a handful of teams. Yeah, but it's going to be a major issue with the Knicks. I mean, Rose isn't a great defender. Courtney Lee isn't. Carmelo isn't. I mean, Porzingis can block a few shots, but he's not a great defender. Mm. Noel was such a great defender in Chicago because he was like a quarterback on defense. He had all guys that could get after it. He had Butler. He had, I forget who else was there, Taj Gibson. All tough tough defenders. So when, you, when you're quarterback and no one else around, you can play defense. Yeah. It's tough. All right. Do you do power rankings at all? No, not really. You don't? But in your head, you know, like the top five teams. Yeah. I mean, Cleveland is Cleveland's, undefeated at six and zero. Charlotte's four and one. That's Toronto's um, four and two. Um, those are the top three teams in the East. Top three teams in the West: Oklahoma City at five and one. Clippers at five and one. All right, San Antonio's five and two. Golden State's four and two. Are you surprised Oklahoma City has gotten off to this start after losing Durant? I am. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I expected Westbrook to play like a madman, like yeah. he is. Mm-hmm. I mean. They're averaging 104 points a game. And they have they have the good big men. Cantor and Adams are good. I don't know what they're doing giving all this money out. I mean, maybe they they feel that this is really going to stick with it. This team is really going to stay in its 5-1 and one status and keep building mm-hmm. on this. But I don't know. I mean, Adams is a good defender, but $100 million is crazy. But they do they have some pieces. You know, all the deep old can play. It's a bonus. Is a nice rookie, but I I don't see them. I I see them still as the eighth seed in the West when it comes to the end of the season. But I mean, top five. If I had to do a quick power ranking right now, I'd probably do Cleveland, San Antonio, Golden State, Clippers, and who else? I don't see Charlotte up there. I don't think four and one's gonna stick with them. Um, you wouldn't put Oklahoma City in here. Top five. Power rankings right now? Right now, yeah. But I, I think they're going to come back down to earth. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. So, um, all right, Celtics, basically the message today is don't panic. No. It's early. Do not panic. Who sings that? French Montana? <laughs> don't panic. Just listen to him. Listen to French. Don't panic. It'll be okay. All right. Uh, he, that game, though, was crazy last night. I only watched a little it bit. Was I was insane. watching Denver-Oakland because I'm thinking to myself, the winner of this game could be the team that comes to – Gillette for the AFC championship because I'm already I'm there I'm on to the AFC championship I'm not even gonna watch the rest of the NFL season because it sucks the Patriots are gonna roll on every single team they play Seattle Sunday night at home the Patriots are a favorite in this game um obviously they're at home they're 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 gonna the Patriots gonna be a favorite in in every single game the rest of the season even even on the road and I'd bet them every week and I think the Patriots are probably gonna finish the season 15 and 1 and um, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And the question is, based on the way we just broke it down, is who are they going to play in the Super Bowl, the Giants or the Seahawks? Yeah, who is it going to be? <laughs> Giants, Patri- Patriots over the Giants in the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right? That's my mid. It. That's my midway point I see that being prediction. like a San Francisco, San Diego Super Bowl in the 90s, too, like 42 to like 7. I see them really just kicking the living shit out of the That Giants. was Steve Young in that one, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steve. I remember that one. I had a hockey game that night. 
I watched the football Burlington. life on him the other day. It was a good one. I remember going home after my hockey game watching that. I don't even. That's just a weird. You ever have those weird memories? Like you, yeah. you combine a game like that with something you did in the yeah. day. I even think I watched the game in my half season in the living room. Yeah, when the Patriots. And I now you get that you get dressed half season yeah, like that. Yeah, just in your pants. Yeah. Yeah, we play in the Middlesex League, and it was like so far away that I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching the AFC Championship game when Bledsoe came in and beat the Steelers, and I remember I had a CYO basketball game after that for St. Anne's. And I got attacked that game. What'd you do? I like gave some kid the Matumbo finger wag or something, but I didn't <laughs> block his shot, so it kind of made no sense. They gave you a tech? But yeah, that was the first time we were all. That was the first time when anybody had gotten a tech for that team. We we'd never seen one in mm-hmm. the CYO game. I didn't think. know what to do. <laughs> but um, so Patriots, Giants, Super Bowl, book it. That's the way it's gonna end up. And, uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on the Celtics. Keep an eye on the NBA. Brandon, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having we'll, uh, me. Make man. sure you go to foldies.com and use the promo code I Danny. I will. I'll be folding. To, to get 25% off your next pair of sunglasses, do your holiday shopping, take care of that. Maybe buy something at Beantown Athletics on your way out. Yeah, yeah. And um, we get another, when I get another partnership, I'll let you know where to go and, and do yeah, something with just it. just let me know where to spend my money. Yeah, I'll let you know. Uh, I'm going to play my conversation with Bronson Arroyo. And uh, But I'm going to wrap it up before this, so we'll send you off. You can listen to this. Bronson joined me this morning over the phone. And it's a nice little conversation. It's good to catch up with someone like that. Uh, I, you know, we were trying to do it during the playoffs. It just didn't work out, so we figured why not still do it after the fact because he was close with Tito, uh, was close, is close with Theo. And I was generally interested in, in what his offseason was going to be like, and I had some questions about that and the David Ortiz stuff. So we're sort of putting a... Putting a, uh, we're closing out the baseball stuff, and we're getting into the offseason. But before we completely got into the offseason, I wanted to just bring Bronson on. Uh, he's a good guest. Always has some interesting things to say. So here's the conversation with Bronson Arroyo. Afterwards, uh, I will not be here. We'll just roll it into Friday's show, right? That's what we'll do. I will say this before I hand it off to my con- my own. Before I hand it off to myself <laughs> and my conversation with Bronson Arroyo. Um... Go to my, make sure you go to my social media and click the link for my newsletter, my email newsletter. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be doing a new email newsletter. You can sign up. It's free. I'll keep you updated with all things the Danny Picard Show, links, podcasts, columns, giveaways. We'll be doing a Foldies giveaway at the end of the month, too. Uh-oh. I should let people know. I got to get in on that. So you're going to have to stay tuned in to see how you can win a pair of Foldies sunglasses at the end of every month. For the next couple months, we'll be doing that, doing a giveaway. And again, foldies.com, the promo code is Danny to get 25% off your next order. Brandon, thanks a lot. Great stuff as always. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon, all right? Yep. All right, uh, Pete, nice job today over there. And here's my conversation with Bronson Arroyo. Enjoy and follow me on all forms of social media. Subscribe to the show at dannypicard.com, anywhere podcasts are available. And uh, we'll talk to you Friday. Will Noonan, comedian Will Noonan's in studio. And then next Monday, Sam Kennedy, Red Sox president. Enjoy. (laughs) Joining me over the phone right now is the one and only Bronson Arroyo. We've had Bronson on this show a couple times uh, before already. Bronson, what's going on? Thanks for joining me today. Oh, just hanging out. Having a a regular offseason. A regular offseason. Is it, though? Is it a regular offseason for you right now? Uh, well, it's, it's as normal of an off season as I've had in the last couple of years, you know, the last couple of years from 
having Tommy John surgery, I've been just grinding to, to stay healthy and doing rehab most of the time, but I'm finally to a point where I'm, I'm finished with rehab. Um, I'm just training normally, throwing and lifting and, and seeing if my, my body's going to accept uh, being a baseball player again. What is your plan for this offseason? I mean, maybe if you want to go into a little bit more detail, because last year you were with the Nationals, but, uh, you know, shoulder and elbow injuries kept you from getting back up to the majors, uh, and, and, you know, you had to shut it down, and now you're a free agent. So, I mean, what is the actual plan for you here moving forward? I'm not sure. I had stem cells pulled out of my pelvis on August, uh, around August 15th. And, you know, they're saying that's basically the, my last option, really. I've tried a little bit of everything. I've rehabbed four different teams. And so um, I'm just trying to get healthy. I just started playing catch the last uh, couple of days, and it's probably going to take a month and a half before I really know if it's going to be able to handle force. And, and if it doesn't, I'm just going to have to go home. But if, if, it, if it does, if it responds, um, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm in a position to really negotiate a contract with anybody. You know, last year I did that, and I didn't pitch the whole season. So, I'm just going to go into camp with somebody and, and basically play for free, <laughs> you know. And uh, so I'm not worried about getting a job. I just, you know, I'm worried about if, if the arm's going to turn the corner or not. Uh, are there any teams specifically that, that you've talked to about this, or are you just kind of open to anything that comes your way right now? Yeah, I'm I'm not – I haven't really specifically talked to anybody. I mean, you know, I think a guy that's pitched in the, in the, in the big leagues for 14-plus for seasons – and, and been on some winning ball clubs and, and by all accounts is a decent uh, teammate and can bring some experience to the young guys. I don't think I'll have a problem getting into camp with anybody as long as I'm healthy, mm. especially because I'm willing to play for for, uh, for cheap. But, um, you know, like I said, it's just about being healthy is the number one thing. If I, if I can't throw a baseball on a consistent basis, you know, then, then I, I can't help the team out. You know, I, when I was throwing in the rookie league, I could pitch five, six innings, but then I couldn't turn it around for seven, eight, ten days sometimes, and and that's the problem. More, it's more about the recovery process, and my arm just wouldn't flush the swelling out. And uh, you know, if you're pitching out of the bullpen or starting at the major league level, that you've got to be dependable on an every fifth day basis, and you've got to be able to turn it around. And and without doing that, you're just not a value to a ball club. Are you committed to the rotation, or or is bullpen something that you're also considering? Well, if I, if, I, if I thought that I could survive in the bullpen and I couldn't as a starting pitcher, I'd obviously I'd go throw out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I don't, I don't know that, that, you know, unless a team wanted me around for my experience and my mind and, and to be like the long guy in the tent, I'm not so sure that I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a great fit for anyone's bullpen given the stuff that I have, you know, not being a hard thrower. Um, you know, you could go righty-righty match up with some breaking balls for sure, you know, like in the seventh inning, but... You know, I, I think if my arm will survive, I think it will survive as a starter either way, you know, because throwing out of the bullpen, if, even if I threw an inning or two, you're having to go more max effort out of the bullpen than you are in the rotation. And if you do that and then they ask you to throw back-to-back days or three days in a row, you know, if my arm can handle that, then I can handle pitching every day. Well, that sort of brings me to my thoughts on, and, and I guess your thoughts on the World Series. And, you know, you watch your former manager, Terry Francona, you know, he was managing the Indians, and, and they lose to the Cubs, obviously. But what Francona did the entire postseason with his bullpen, bringing guys in to pitch multiple innings, uh, you know, some people are thinking that might be a new blueprint in Major League Baseball uh, where you're relying on, on more out of your bullpen than you are maybe your rotation. I mean, I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case, but some people do. Do you look at something like that and, and start thinking, okay, you know, that might be where, where the game is changing a little bit and maybe I would be used? In a better place in the bullpen somewhere? 
No, I don't think so. I mean, for me personally, I don't think I've, I've got dominant enough stuff to, to do what those guys did with with a guy like Chapman out of the bullpen. You know, you know those those are the just rare exceptions of special mm. guys in the game that have dominant stuff to come in like a Mariano Rivera and say, I'm going to lean on him for three innings and try to, to close this game down. But you, you couldn't do that over a, a six-month uh, season, 162 games. You know, that that's something happening at the finish line because it's do or die and we're going home anyway and we're gonna have plenty of rest but you couldn't you couldn't treat a guy like that all season long or he would he would blow out you know you, you just can't and that's why you rely on 12 or 13 guys all season long and and most of the time you, you've got another 10 guys that come up from AAA that help along the way as well it, it, it takes the entire um, staff to be able to weather the storm of what 162 games will do to everyone's body now you know, like I said, you get close to the finish line and you can see the handwriting on the wall and, and, and um, we got a chance to win this whole thing. Then you start pushing guys to limits that they've never done before, knowing that that might not happen again at any time in their career. You know, there's no guarantee that the Cubs or the Cleveland Indians will get back to the World Series mm. in Joe Madden or Terry Francona's um, reign as managers there. So, you know, you do everything you can to win the ring, and that's what we play for all year long. But you, you, could, you couldn't sustain that over the whole season. Uh, how much of the World Series did you watch? Did you watch the whole thing? Did you just watch Game 7? Uh, how into it were you? No, I, I watched almost all of it. You know, I, I think uh, it's hard for me to, to kind of to know how much baseball I will watch when I'm removed from it completely and not playing. Mm. But, it's you know, still training and, and, and thinking of myself as, a, as an active player um, you know, I watched a lot of baseball. I watched most of the playoffs, um, and I definitely watched all the World Series. So when when your baseball career is over, whenever that's going to be, uh, do you find yourself in the game still in some capacity, whether it be, I don't know, some type of pitching coach or, or even just in the media covering Major League Baseball? Do you find yourself uh, still involved with the game at all in any capacity? Yeah, I think a little bit, but... Um... You know, I don't, I don't think I'm going to want to be on anybody's watch or anybody's uh, anybody's payroll just because the game the game is 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 very time consuming and if if you want to do it right as I have for the last you know really 30 years of thinking about this game being in the weight room and and all the things that come along with that I'm not willing to chain myself to to, to a paycheck for for that you know amount of time anymore but I, I think I'll be a guy who pops into spring training and stays two or three weeks and does fantasy camp and helps the guys out and, and uh, shows up during the season here and there and, and cleans some of the spikes of the guys in the clubhouse, you know, some of those guys that you, you don't get to see anymore. You know, I'm going to be kind of an offbeat character, and I'll probably stop up in the booth and do some media. I'll be all over the place, I think, um, but more on my time and on, and on things that I would want to do just for myself and, and not to ask anybody to pay me for it just because I love being around the game and you want to stay involved somewhat. But I also don't want somebody calling me and saying, hey, you got to fly to – you know, you got to fly to Sacramento and go watch this kid pitch. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to be tied down like that. Um, back to the World Series. Theo Epstein, uh, you know him very well. Uh, he wins now championships with the Red Sox and the Cubs and breaks both of those curses. I mean, this has to be one of the most impressive accomplishments or, or the two most impressive accomplishment, accomplishments in baseball history, right, Brunson? I mean, how many guys – can say that they've done this. Nobody else. Theo Epstein's done this. I mean, how impressive has has what he has done with the Red Sox and the Cubs? How impressive has that been to you? Yeah, absolutely amazing. And, and he's done it in such great style, so methodical. You know, I, I had a conversation with Theo when they traded for uh, Travis Wood from the Cincinnati Reds for Sean Marshall. 
Um, and he, and he, he was asking me about Travis and, and, and I've had a lot of guys call me and ask me about personalities and, and work ethic and, and things like that. You know, you, you become respected enough in the game where, where people will ask your opinion. And uh, we were having a nice chat about it. And I was giving them what I thought about Travis Wood. And, and, and uh, I said, you know, how is it in Chicago? And, and he said, you know, it's been great. Honestly, he said, you know, we, we give him a good hot dog and a couple of good plays a game. And, and I feel less pressure here than I did in Boston. And I said, well, how long is it going to take you to turn the corner? And, and he said maybe three or four years. And it probably took more like five or six. Hmm. But, you know, he obviously definitely has a game plan. And he's a really bright guy and, and so likable and so honest. And, and uh, you saw him do exactly what he mapped out. It took a little bit longer maybe than he thought. But, I mean, to turn an organization around, as he did that one and coming from Boston doing the same thing, it's honestly, I mean, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame for it. So how many how many calls have you received like this? Yeah, usually once or twice in off season. I mean, as as time has gone on, I think the older you've gotten, you know, obviously um the more you know, you have personal relationships with guys in the game and they tend to lean on you and a scout might call you and say, What do you think about the starting pitcher? What's his character like? Is he have good work work ethic? How's he gonna be to control? And and all those all those things, you know, they matter on 162 games to, to have somebody there that you can depend on and you know that he's a good teammate and all those things. And it's hard to know that from the outside. Sometimes you need to be inside the locker room to really know what somebody's like. And, and yeah, I get those calls um, quite often. Have you ever gotten one call that's like the most ridiculous call asking about a certain player where you're going, oh, I don't really want to tell it how it is with this guy. Like, you know, you have a terrible scouting report for someone and maybe you, do, you don't give uh, the, the complete scouting report. Are you brutally honest with everybody? No, I shoot it straight most of the time. You know, if you if you if you want people to respect your opinion, you got to shoot it straight most of the time. And 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 it, it goes that way when you're a pitcher. You know, if if uh, you know, I would tell Dusty Baker sometimes after after 85, 90 pitches, I'm done. You know, he'd say, "Can you get one more inning?" And I'd say, "No, I'm toast." And then there'd be other times when I was 110 pitches in after the seventh inning, I told him I'm still good to go. And and if you if you're honest all the time, then you get. Um, mm. They get an honest read on you. They get a feel for, for where you are. And then when you tell them that you're still good after 110, then they can respect it and leave you out there. And so I've, I've always wanted to shoot it kind of straight like that. So if I get a call about a player that, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to bury somebody and make them seem like the worst guy. But if there are obvious, obvious, you know, things there of work ethic or character flaws where a guy is just constantly getting in fights with his teammates and different things like that, I'm going to make sure that I put that on someone's plate because, you know, if an organization takes a guy and signs him to a multi-year deal and then they say, Bronson, you didn't tell us about this, you know, then it obviously reflects on me. Um, You mentioned Theo Epstein. Uh, You said he should be going to the Hall of Fame. I agree. What about Terry Francona? Uh, The things that he's done now in this league, especially in the World Series, I know they didn't win it, uh, but he took him there, and his World Series record is still phenomenal. And what he was able to do with this team and this bullpen, used the way he used Andrew Miller, the way he used his closer, um, the way he was able to take this team to the World Series. What are your thoughts on Terry Francona and, and what happens with him when his career is over? I mean, you think in Hall of Fame with him too, right? Yeah, I would think so. You know, obviously, everybody that was a part of that 04 team has got a notch in their belt, you know, in, in the right direction. And, and, and he went to Cleveland and flew under the radar, quietly just assembled a team. Even in the you know, years before this, the last couple of years, he he's had some ups and downs, but he's had he's had some teams that have been right there in the thick of things. And, you know, for for a team that doesn't seem to be spending a ton of money and kinda doesn't garner, you know, national attention, he's just kind of quietly gone about his business and next thing you know, 
these guys are right there, you know, knocking on the door, winning another World Series. And, and, and Terry has already won multiple World Series in Boston. So um, his accomplishments, honestly, are, are, are on the exact same level as Theo's. And uh, finally, I just want to ask you about David Ortiz. You obviously played with him here in Boston. His career is now over. Uh, he has retired, and they're going to retire his number next season at Fenway. You know, a lot of people have saw – they saw the way he played this season and, and the way – I think – look, I think David Ortiz is the American League MVP. You know, there's a couple guys on the Red Sox that you can put in that conversation, and nobody wants to give the DH the MVP because they're only a designated hitter. They don't play the field. But I just think David Ortiz this season is the most valuable player in all of baseball. I, that's just how I feel. And that's – I don't even need to be from Boston to believe that. That's just the baseball fan in me and what I see out of David Ortiz. But having that type of season, a lot of people have questioned whether or not he will actually call it quits. Right now, it looks like he's calling it quits. Uh, what are your thoughts on David Ortiz's final season? And do you actually believe deep down inside that this guy is ready to end his career? You know, it, it's hard to say, honestly. I, you know, I think if, you, if you've got a banged-up knee or a banged-up back and, you, and you, you play a season, you know, and you hit 225 and – you, you missed a lot of time. I think that it's easy to walk away, take your fanfare, take you know, accept all the gifts that people have given you in every ballpark around the country, and and go and go quietly because you because you feel like you're beat down a bit. But to put up a season as he did, like you said, I mean, he he is obviously in the in the conversation of being the American League MVP. I, I find it very difficult for the guys that I've known in the past to walk away from the game, especially after having success. You know, but with that being said. You know, most guys also don't go around the entire country um, having every stadium honor him and give him uh, mm. gifts. And so I, I don't know if David would, would feel like an Indian giver or, uh, you know, feel like a traitor to, to, to say, well, you know what, I think I'm actually going to continue playing after all of that fanfare. So I think he probably put himself in a bit of a predicament by saying this was going to be his last season before it started. But, you know, in his mind, maybe he's ready to go home and maybe there's things there that we don't, um, necessarily know about, like I said, unless you're inside the locker room with him, you don't know he could have been getting treatment on his feet or his knees or his back all season long and really been in a lot of pain um, despite putting up amazing numbers. So, you know, every, every situation is individual, and only David is the guy who's going to know that. You've played in both the American League and the National League. Do you think, when you look at the American League and the MVP races that they have, do you think that the DH – should should never get the MVP because they don't play the field? No, I, I don't think so, especially given the fact that most most awards in the game seem to be predicated off of the offense that guys put up. You know, if you, if you look at the guys who've won the gold glove or, um, you know, getting different awards throughout the league, I mean, most of the time they have to put up decent offensive numbers in order for anyone to kind of respect them on the defensive end. So, for me, if, if a guy's a DH and he puts up the best numbers in the league and, and he also is, you know, the, the MVP is supposed to be the guy who's the most valuable to his ball club mm. and kind of carry that load. And if and if a DH is a guy that that team leans on harder than anybody else and, and, and he got them to a place that, that otherwise they couldn't get there without that player, I think I think he should be uh, the MVP as well. And I feel the same way if a guy like Clayton Kershaw was to win one um, as, a, as a starting pitcher. I think it, it makes no difference. You're the most valuable guy to that ball club. And uh, I guess finally on David Ortiz, and to wrap this thing up, I mean, 
you played with them. Everyone gives a story about, you know, their time with Big Poppy, even if they weren't on the same team as him. Everybody has a story uh, in the game about David Ortiz. Uh, do you have one? Do you have, like, a favorite moment with Big Poppy? Obviously, though, that, that team in 2004, he had some special moments, especially in the ALCS. You know, Game 4 puts it down in right field. Game 5 puts it up the middle uh, in extras and, and forces, you know, both of those games to, to keep that thing going. Uh, but do you have another moment? Is there, is there one moment that sticks out to you? You say, this is my favorite David Ortiz moment, my favorite story with Big Poppy. No, I actually don't have one. I, th- I think that, you know, it's hard to find a guy that you could say that all of his special moments or most of his special moments happened, you know, in front of the national public, on national TV, in prime time. And, and that's what makes David so special was the accumulation of all these clutch hits that seem to happen on the big stage all the time. And, and you can't say that about a lot of guys. You know, you can, you can ha- have other guys who've had amazing careers, but – they haven't been able to do it in the clutch, and David has. And I think I think that's what's made him so special is that the fans of Boston have gotten an opportunity to really soak in all of that specialness he's put down at the right time. You know, David inside the locker room was just a very consistent personality, and that's why I don't necessarily have one story about him because he was exactly what you think David Ortiz is, is what he was, was a big teddy bear, a guy who loved to laugh, have a good time at the ballpark, and – he, he wasn't a moody guy. You knew what you were going to get from him day in and day out, and it was fun to come to the park and play with him. All right, Bronson, uh, thanks a lot. Great stuff as always, and uh, we'll be rooting for you to get back on the field and back in the majors next season, all right? Okay, man. Appreciate it. 